Bishop Sunday, as I said at the very beginning of Mass, that's what this weekend is set for. An aside, uh, in the traditional Latin Mass, which ended in the 1960s, that there was a Good Shepherd Sunday, and they had this whole chapter 10 of John's Gospel read. Not the whole thing, but a, a, long, a lion's share of it. And what the church did from the 1960s on is they took the, that reading on Jesus' dialogue on the Good Shepherd and broke it into three parts and then scattered it over the three-year cycle. And so we have today what I think is the shortest gospel uh, in, in the course of three years because they, they took this and put it into three parts and the last part is very, very short. But there's still lots of other readings in the Old Testament and the New Testament that corroborate with Christ as the Good Shepherd. But last Sunday I preached on that as Jesus the Good Shepherd. And, and so today I, I want to go in a different direction. And I knew this last Sunday. I thought, no, last Sunday the gospel really lines up for this Good Shepherd. And this Sunday I want to preach on the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is being parts of it, little snippets of it, are being read all through Easter. Six or seven weeks from Easter to uh, to Pentecost Sunday. And the book of Revelations is the last book of the Bible. And the book of Revelations, it used to be called the book of the apocalypse or the end times or the end things. And Revelation is, is just a softer word of things being revealed. So in my 18 years of being a priest, I've never preached on the book of Revelations. I don't even know that I ever have on a, on a, on a weekday mass. But here I am, and I can't go through the whole thing or anything close to it. I just want to say that it's a really good thing. It's a really good thing. It's a mysterious book. It's mysterious because it's filled with, with well, A, things that we don't understand, whether it's symbolism or literalism, we can't understand it, whether it is a symbol or it literally will happen. I guess we could literally understand that for happening, but it's so beyond our scope of, of seeing life in the world the way it is today that, that we keep thinking, well, it must be symbolic. But the whole book of Revelations is literal, but it's difficult to understand. It's still difficult to understand, even though it's literal. It's kind of like telling um, a person who has never, has not finished algebra all about calculus, or the person who's never done calculus all about physics. It's just kind of beyond us sort of thing. Although there are many things about the book of Revelation that can be understood. But the biggest takeaway of the book of Revelations is that in the end, God wins. The thing that we keep remembering is all this scary chastisement kind of stuff which none of that is used during the Easter season. All of it is God wins, and that's what I want to talk about. Going back to the Lord of the Rings, which I've brought up many times, J.R.R. Tolkien's trilogy of the Lord of the Rings, which is probably the world's most successful fiction novel uh, in the history of fiction novels. In the Lord of the Rings, there's this thing, there's this wizard named Gandalf talking to a a hobbit named Samwise, not Samwise, but Frodo, about this ring. And this ring has to be destroyed because it was built by Satan. 
And through this ring, Satan will rule the world. So the ring must be destroyed. And if the ring's destroyed, not only will Satan not rule the world, but Satan himself will be destroyed. It will be the end of evil for Middle Earth. So Gandalf's having this conversation with Frodo, and he's saying, the ring which is in their possession is extremely dangerous. Do not wear it. Do not put it on. Satan will possess you through it. Satan's name is Sauron. He'll possess you through it. And we've got to destroy it. And the only way to destroy it is to go into is to go into Mordor and there's a volcano and you go to the volcano and you have to throw it into the lava of the volcano. That's the only way to destroy it. Well, Mordor is hell. It's, it's just, it's Middle Earth's version of hell. It's filled with monsters and it's immense in its size. And to make it into Mordor is incredibly difficult. And then to make it all the way through Mordor to the heart of Mordor to this mountain, into the mountain, and throwing that ring in there without ever being detected is a fool's error. But it must be done because if the ring's not destroyed, then Satan will rule Middle Earth. All right. Outside the window is Frodo's friend Samwise, and he's over, he's eavesdropping on all of this. And Gandalf hears a noise, and Gandalf, he's this big wizard, and he Hobbits are little people, and he goes over to the window, and he sees Samwise, and he grabs Samwise, and he lifts him off the ground, and lifts him through the window, and sets him inside the little hobbit living room, and says, Samwise Gamgee, what did you hear? And he said, nothing, 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 except for something about a ring and the end of the world. Other than that, I, haven't, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything, anything. Well, Gandalf didn't mention the end of the world. Samwise jumped to it. And we do that all the time. When we hear about something to come, something especially when it's a trial, a tribulation, we think, well, then that's the end. But unless God says that's the end, then it's not the end. And God uses trials and tribulations to bring about something better. Just look at what Jesus did. The trial and the tribulation of God being tortured to death. Brought about the resurrection, the ascension, the fall of the Holy Spirit, the church, salvation. Something really good came from that trial and that tribulation. And something really good will come from the trials and tribulations of the human race to come. The overcoming of Satan and his power, of the hold that he has in the world. The book of Revelations ends ultimately with this, that Jesus Christ comes again in glory, judges the living and the dead, those for hell to hell, those for heaven to heaven. The bodies of all of the dead are reunited with the souls. For people in hell, their body will be reunited with them in hell and grotesquely disfigured. Just as Lucifer, the beautiful angel of light, was disfigured and turned into a hideous dragon, so too all fallen angels, all fallen people in hell, will be hideously malformed. And there they will wither in pain and hatred for eternity. For those in heaven, their bodies are united to their souls and glorified, made like angels. So if you don't like your body now, you'll like it in the future if you make it to heaven. All right. But here's the next part of it. Then the Lord, who created the heavens and the earth, remember the word said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be the heavens and the earth, and there was the heavens and the earth. That word, Jesus, became man. He is God, eternal, infinite in power, and and supreme. He will then order the burning of the earth 
and the creation of a new heavens and a new earth. And earth will become an extension of heaven. Earth will become, in a way, God's trophy. Look at how glorious God is. That he died for these little ants called humans. He let them tear him apart for love of them. That's glory. And he will make the earth as glorious as the most glorious trophy ever made. And it will be part of heaven. And then he'll send down to earth the new Jerusalem. Some kind of grand city out of heaven down to earth. Whose size is enormous, which is described in the book of Revelations. How big it is and what it's made out of, etc. And this will be God's temple on earth. In a way, God's dwelling place. If all the earth is the new Garden of Eden, no longer a place on earth, but all of the earth is the Garden of Eden. But it's not just the Garden of Eden, it's way better than the original Garden of Eden. Because now man has been glorified. And it's now part of heaven and it's no longer separate from heaven. And angels and people and the creatures that God has created live in, in the beatific vision. This is truth. This is where the human race is going. This is where earth and heaven are going. And that's really good news to hear. It's really good news to own. Because whatever else is going on in our life, it pales in comparison to that truth. The ultimate victory of God over all things. Where the enemy will be chained and never released. Never again to tempt another person. Or to torment. I was rereading recently the apparition of, of the Blessed Virgin Mary at Lourdes to Saint Bernadette. Little Bernadette was on one of the on one of the early on apparitions of Mary. Uh, it might have even been the first one. I think it might have been the first one. Mary appears to Bernadette and. Bernadette is speechless and doesn't know who the woman is, except that this is a beautiful woman who's floating in the air in front of her, kind of thing. But the River Gave, which is just where the parking lot is, it's just right over there, there was suddenly all these noises coming out of the river, like these, a concophony of competing voices and getting louder and louder, and it was, they were, they were accusing and contradicting and saying all these things, and again, getting louder and louder, and the Blessed Virgin Mary without saying a word, simply looked at the river. Just simply looked at the river in silence. And then the noises all began to fade away and flow downstream and were gone. It's a simple reminder of this, that that for all of us, the enemy and the fallen angels are always operative, always trying to confuse and, and to befuddle us and to make the simplest things difficult and to discourage us and demoralize us and make us frightened. And one day they'll be gone for eternity, never to return. They'll go down the river, never to come back. That day is coming for the earth. It's coming for the human race. Christ is truly victorious. So in our own life, that's going to be really, really important. Why? Because between now and then, our own, the end of our own life, we're carrying that ring to Mordor, aren't we? Each one of us has a mission that God has not given to another human being and will never give to another human being. 
and we'll either fulfill it or we will fail him. But he's given each one of us a blessed responsibility that is his gift, like, look, child, I give you this. I am not giving it to anyone else, just to you. Fulfill this responsibility. Then we go, don't, don't give it to me, Samwise, in a famous scene with Galandriel, the head queen of the elves. He wants to give away the ring. He doesn't want the burden. He goes, here, will you take it? Please take it. She goes, no. And is, is superior as she is to him. She says, no, you're the ring bearer. No one can carry that ring. No one can carry it without being possessed by the enemy except you, Frodo. All of us, even the more superior creatures of Middle-earth, are depending upon you, little Frodo, to get that ring to Mordor and destroy it. Every one of us is carrying a ring. Every one of us has this glorious mission. And it might not look glorious because it's just done at home. It's done amongst our family. It's done at work. It's, It's just hidden from view from everyone else. But there's something there that's glorious and beautiful given only to you and to no one else. 7.4 billion people and only given to you. Of all the people who have ever lived or all the people who will ever live, only given to you. So carry the ring. Carry it into Mordor. Carry it knowing that it's not under your power that you'll succeed, but under God's power and that he's already won. We already know the end of the story. The ring is destroyed. Sauron's power is broken. And all of the the goblins and all of the dragons and everything else of Middle-earth are swallowed up by the earth. And Middle-earth never will see them again. And Gondor is restored to her kingly splendor. This is the future. Between now and then, every one of us has a role. Fulfill it. Fulfill it knowing that it's God and His grace that's making it possible within us. And don't ever give up, because you already know how the story ends. It just needs us to play our part.